Raheem Morris is the next Falcons head coach, and I'll break down why he's the right man for the job. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, everyone, to another illustrious episode of the Locked on Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of Locked on Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So, guys, if you don't know me, I'm your very humble host, Aaron Freeman. Been covering the Falcons for, oh, just far too long at foulfans.com formerly r.i.p uh, but still going strong on this illustrious podcast and uh you know we're we're in a good place now on this illustrious podcast because we got our guy right you know and we'll break down you know that guy and raheem morris and why i like to hire but of course you know we got lots of great content to break down now that the falcons have figured out who their next head coach is going to be and so become an everydayer and all you got to do to become an everydayer is to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. So today's episode, we will talk about why Raheem Morris fits more on the Falcons today than he did three years ago when they could have potentially hired him. We'll talk about, you know, if we have a better idea about what direction the team is going to head at the quarterback position, thinks is higher. We don't, but we'll, we'll get into it. Uh, and we'll speculate on some of the coaches that could be joining and or rejoining Raheem Morris here in Atlanta. But, First, let's start with why I like to hire. And of course, we broke down some of this on yesterday's episode with Tanitra Batiste and Jarvis Davis. Go check it out to get, you know, three different perspectives on it. But, you know, now having sat on it for another day or so and let it soak in, you know, again, this is what I thought I hoped and wanted this process to be. That I know that, you know, there was one particular coach that a lot of people were speculating was the apple of the Falcons eyes. And we've heard a lot of reports since the hiring of Raheem Morris that that was true. Um, we'll talk about, you know, why the Falcons went in that other direction. And it isn't just simply because people were out to save their jobs a little bit later in this process. But, you know, I am not as cynical as those people. And I think this is ultimately what I was hoping for when we talked about this, you know, that week after. Uh, you know, the, the end of the regular season. And we were talking about, you know, what's in the best long-term interest for this football team. And it wasn't, you know, hiring Bill Belichick, hashtag anybody but Belichick. Um, it was finding one of these other coaches. and the Falcons for, interviewed 14 candidates. And my hope was that one of these candidates would emerge and they would realize that, hey, you know, going down that Belichick road as, as alluring an idea as it is, the reality there doesn't really mesh with that uh, idea of what you're thinking you're getting. And ultimately the reality of going with one of these other coaches made a lot more sense. And Raheem Morris was one of the coaches that I preferred. He was at the top of my list, right? A lot of people ask me, so, you know, how, what was your coaching rankings? And, you know, I don't do a whole lot of it, but you know, you get asked about 50 times, eventually you got to come up with something. And so for me, it was one, a Ben Johnson, one B uh, Raheem Morris. And the only reason that Ben Johnson gets one a just because he was an offensive minded head coach and all things being equal, you, you prefer to get that offensive minded head coach. Uh, so that you can have that stability in the event that you hit on a quarterback, which is going to be a big uh, question for this team moving forward. But, you know, we we talked about this, the you know, the day after 
Arthur Smith got fired with Jeff Schultz of the athletic and sort of talked about the sort of crapshoot nature of hiring coaches. And one of the things I likened it to is this idea of people getting attracted to these coordinators, these high flying um, coordinators, these up and coming guys. And I kind of likened it to like an 80, 20 rule that I think far too often people think, you know, being a great coordinator really applies to being a great head coach. And I don't think it is. And the 80, 20 rule that I kind of threw it at is like, if you're evaluating a college wide receiver, right? 80% of what a wide receiver does in college is going to be 80% of what he does in the NFL. It's that extra 20% that you're projecting and guessing at, right? But you can, based off of that, you can make a pretty semi-educated guess on what that player is going to be. But with coaches, especially when you're talking about these hot shot coordinators, only really 20% of being a head coach is, you know, calling plays is what, what these coordinators have done. It's a lot of other things that these coaches have to do. And it's much more, that's where the crapshoot comes in. It's much more of a true guess, not really an educated guess or a semi-educated guess. It's more of a true guess. You don't really know what those coaches are going to be able to do, right? You know, it's more akin to the idea of rather than projecting a wide receiver from college to pros, it's projecting a player that's going to make a position change, like a tight end, right? Or taking, yeah, a tight end to an offensive tackle, right? Look at Jason Peters, the longtime Eagles uh, left tackle, um, who was a tight end at Arkansas and then went to the NFL in Buffalo and they were projecting him as an offensive tackle. And it's like, yeah, 20% of being a tight end, the same as being an offensive tackle, you know, certain aspects of blocking. There's another 80% that, you know, you don't know what that player is, is going to do. And so that to me is more what it looks like when you're talking about projecting these coordinators. And so, you know, I think with Raheem Morris, all that to say, he's much less of this sort of crapshoot because you've kind of already seen the other 80% with him, right? You know what the 20% of the play caller that he's bringing to the table, but you specifically here in Atlanta, because of those 11 games that he was the interim coach in 2020, as well as the three years that he was uh, the Buccaneers coach from 2009 to 2011, you already know what he's bringing to the table for that other 80%. So it's not as much a crapshoot. It's a more known commodity, and that's attractive for you when you're, you know, which is one of the reasons why so many people have been pushing back against the idea of the Falcons hiring another first-time coordinator. Because it's like, you, you don't know. You're just guessing. Why are we continuing to do that? So if you were skeptical of that, then you should be, you know, a lot less skeptical of Raheem Morris, whether you think it's a great hire or not, it's up to you. You know, it's my podcast. So, you know, it's my opinion. So if, if you have a different opinion, you know, you're entitled to it, but you know, ain't nobody, you know, ain't nobody putting a microphone in front of your face looking for your takes. But, you know, if we're talking about what it is to be a, a successful NFL coach, if we were summarizing, right, that's what's so hard about NFL coaches. Cause it's just like, you got to do so many things. You got to wear so many hats, coordinator, coach, leader, teacher, communicator, media personality, you know, you got to talk to owners, you got to, you know, you got to do all this stuff, right? You're the CEO. But if you're going to summarize it in in one sentence, sort of the gist of being an NFL head coach, right? You know, it's about knowing the X's and O's, but connecting with the Jimmy's and Joe's, right? And when you look at Raheem Morris, as far as an X and O standpoint, I know a lot of people have pointed out, well, look at his defenses. He's been a defensive coordinator for basically six and a half years in the NFL, two years in Tampa, uh, one year and a half in Atlanta, the last three years with the Rams. And a lot of people look at his defensive rankings and say, oh, well, you know, he's never produced a top 10 defense. How good an X and O coaches? Again, the ranking stuff is kind of overrated, right? We know Raheem Morris is a good coach. We saw it for a year and a half here in Atlanta with his ability to produce a much better defense than anybody basically in four or five years prior to him 
we saw we've seen it with the Rams the last couple of years. And even though they're they don't have these super high rankings anymore since Brandon Staley left, but again, look at how that is pretty meaningless for head coaches, right? They had the best defense in the league in 2020. And then, you know, Brandon Staley went to be the Chargers coach and didn't really apply. Again, 80-20 rules or 20-80 rule, whatever you want to call it. But we know where he Morris is a good DC because we've seen really with the in-game adjustments he's made in LA that he puts that team, that defense in a position to win. We saw it in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago against the Bengals. We saw it this past uh, playoffs against the Lions, right? Where that defense got the stops that they needed for their offense to get back in the game and win the game against the Bengals. And unfortunately, they didn't win the game against the Lions. But it's no different than what we just saw in Ryan Nielsen do this past year, right? That was the consistent through line. Again, it wasn't every week, right? But most weeks, this defense for in the third quarter, fourth quarter, or whatever, got the stops that they needed in order for this offense to get back in the game. And unfortunately for the Falcons, the offense wasn't consistently able to get back in a lot of those games. And that's why the Falcons didn't win as many of those games. But if you're looking at Raheem Morris and any, you know, you're not looking at Ryan Nielsen as this, you know, superstar schemer, you know, that's coming up with this innovative offense that people are going to be studying for years to come, right? But you're not sitting here questioning Ryan Nielsen's ability to, you know, scheme up the X's and O's. And then when you're talking about the Jimmys and Joes, I mean, basically with Raheem Morris, like who's better at connecting with the Jimmys and Joes than Raheem Morris? I mean, you know, again, is, is it hyperbolic for me to say he's like the best ever based off of, Every single person that has ever come across as human being, players, coaches, GMs, owners, etc., absolutely love this guy, endorse this guy, feel like this is the guy, right? You've, you've seen it come out of the woodwork, right? All you got to do is, you know, go on YouTube and Google, you know, Raheem Morris podcast, Raheem Morris interview. You just listen to him talk for five to 10 minutes at most. And you're going to, you're going to be like, Hey, this, you know, I, I, I'm wooed by this guy. I'm under his spell. Right. In terms of connecting with the Jimmys and Joes. And that's a great thing for this young team as they sort of rebuild. And so, you know, I got it on the whiteboard behind me, but like, you know, you can sit there and say, okay, X's and O's, he's a six out of 10, maybe. Okay, that's fine. Above average, nothing rock star or anything like that. You know, you know Belichick would be a 10 out of 10. Mike McDonald probably be a nine out of 10 or something like that. You could get better there. But when it comes to the other aspect of, you know, connecting with the Jim, uh, Jimmys and Joes, he's a 10 out of 10. He's a 14 out of 10. Now, I don't know. You do the, you basically average it probably an eight out of 10 coach, you know? Meanwhile, Belichick's like a three out of 10 with that. Mike, Mike McDonald and a lot of these other first time head coaches, you're just like, I don't know. It's an incomplete. It's an NA, not applicable. We don't know what these guys are going to be. So I, I look at Raheem Morris as a guy that checks pretty much all the boxes you're looking for in a head coach, even if it isn't to the, the same degree that Maybe at least from a schematic standpoint, that's the only thing you can knock him for. It's like, oh, he only produced the 15th best defense in the NFL or something like that. Oh, he managed to take a, a cast of nobodies this year on the Rams with a bunch of day three players, undrafted free agents, and turned them into a good enough defense made, you know, lemonade out of lemons, right? And the hope is now here in Atlanta, he's not going to have lemons anymore. We got we got a couple of oranges now. We got a couple of grapefruits. That's That's been the thing that's been holding back this defense for so long, guys, right? You know, all these lemons. Right, we got oranges and pineapples, and, and hey, there's a grapefruit there or whatever. So, uh, in, you know, now we're making some 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 punch or something. You know, it's just not just lemonade with a little bit of sugar in it. You know, you get the gist of what I'm saying. So, you know, that's what I wanted to say. And the last little tidbit is, you know, the whole second chances thing. You know, the whole you know first black head full time black head coach for the Atlanta Falcons. And I know many of you guys you don't care about those things, but you know, again, this is my podcast, so. You have to listen to every word I have to say, right? But, you know, those are things that I care about, right? You know, that's been one of the knocks on the NFL is that black head coaches only get one chance, 
And if you fail, well, that's it. We gave you a shot. Moving on. Right. And it's nice to see, you know, that at least for now, that, you know, 13 years probably later than people would have liked it. But Raheem Morris is getting that second opportunity, especially here in Atlanta. If it's the culture, all that sort of stuff. So uh, we'll continue talking about that. Um, but of course, some people are wondering why did the Falcons make this hire? Right? You know, if, if Raheem Morris was all that, they should have just hired him in 2021, right? But what I'll explain to you guys is they weren't necessarily ready then, but they are ready now, right? Raheem fits what the Falcons are looking to do today, and we'll break that down as we continue today's lockdown Falcons. So, guys, today's episode is brought to us by our sponsor, BetterHelp. And sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest, big or small, certain things in life can uh, start to get to you. And it's important that you can let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased on your life, right? And, you know, today we're going to be talking about Raheem Morris, and we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, that Super Bowl loss that happened a couple of years ago. And I I still feel like that is still bothering a couple of people and influence how they see the Atlanta Falcons. And, you know, sometimes you need to vent a little and let it out and maybe move past some things. And therapy can be different for everyone. Right. Most of us have bigger issues in our life than what our favorite sports team is doing, winning and losing football games, hiring and firing coaches. But it's important to get some of the things off your chest every once in a while. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible, suited to your schedule. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on and you'll get 10 percent off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on. And the NFL regular season is over, but we still got the playoffs. We're only a few steps away from the big game, guys. And there's no better time to get in on the action at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Whether you're looking for those upcoming Super Bowl props or you just want to bet on this weekend's action, FanDuel is the place to go. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. So go ahead and place a $5 bet on this weekend's action, and that's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. Take the spreads. You want to take the Ravens, three-and-a-half-point favorites over the Chiefs, or the Chiefs. I'm going with the Ravens. Uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes, I, I still feel some type of way about you ruining the Bills season again. Lions, seven-and-a-half-point underdogs to the 49ers. Go check it out. FanDuel, same-game parlays, Parlay Hub. Find your bets at the Explore tab, over-unders, all that and more. It's at FanDuel.com slash locked on, and you'll make your first bet a layup. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. So continuing today's Locked On Falcons, we are going to be talking more about why the Falcons brought Raheem Morris back. But I do want to plug the Locked On Sports Today 24-7 streaming YouTube channel right here on YouTube, the first of its kind. Check it out to get the biggest stories on the biggest, you know, all across all the biggest topics, biggest leagues, et cetera, across the world. And if you're looking for more local flavor, check out Locked On Sports Atlanta's 24-7 streaming channel right here on YouTube. It's all part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So you were asking the question, hey, Raheem Morris is so good, Aaron. Why didn't the Falcons hire him back in 2021? Well, you know, the world was a little different back then, right? You know, we were still in the midst of a global once-in-a-century pandemic. But, you know, I think a lot of people forgot what happened in 2020 besides that pandemic, right? Because as you guys may or may not recall the story, the narrative coming out of that 2020 season, you know, and this wasn't a narrative that I was necessarily pushing, but I know there was a very, very vocal contingent of Falcon fans pushing that narrative of, you know, the 2020 season, especially once the Falcons got rid of Dan Quinn after that 0 and five start, every single failing that the Falcons had that 2020 season was due to dirt cutter being a bad play call. You guys don't remember that. 
right? This is part of the reason why I kind of push back against the Arthur Smith stuff, play calling criticism, because it's just the same take over and over again. And people don't you know, just recycle the same takes. But, you know, so many people then, and clearly the Falcons were among those people, were convinced that, hey, all we need is just to hire an offensive-minded head coach that can improve the play calling, and that's going to get Matt Ryan and Julio and Calvin Ridley back on track, and this team is going to be cooking once again, right? That's why they hired Arthur Smith, right? We've talked about this plenty of times on the podcast, right, that you can make a very, very easy argument that the main reason why they were attracted to Arthur Smith because he seemingly solved all the dirt cutter problems, right? The red zone, the run game stuff, those are things that he excelled at in Tennessee, Operated a similar style, West Coast style offense, Shanahan, you know, derivative offense, right? And, you know, I think a lot of the reason why people were pushing so hard for that then and to a lesser extent why people still continue to get hung up on the play calling is I still think people in the back of their mind are still thinking about redeeming that Super Bowl loss, right? It's why people are looking at Belichick and Ben Slowick. I mean, some Ben Johnson and Bobby Slowick, right? They're looking to sort of recapture that Kyle Shanahan magic that led to that Super Bowl. Now, obviously, Bill Belichick is not necessarily doing that, but some people, I think, sort of say, well, the one guy that, you know, the the, the dark lord of the Sith that destroyed that Kyle Shanahan magic and cost us that Super Bowl was Bill Belichick, so why not go out there, you know? You can't beat him, join him, right? And when it comes to the Jedi versus the Sith, if you get what I'm saying, so... You know, it all leads to why is the time good for Raheem Morris? Now he can connect with this younger roster, right? Because the Falcons are continuing their rebuild. And so now it's not a simply about, well, we just got to fix Matt Ryan. We got to get him in the offense back on track and, and, and win it all, right? The Falcons have a different mindset now. They understand that it's not as simple as it seemed to be to so many people back in 2021. That it was just like, oh, we just got to improve the play calling and all of our problems go away. That's what you hope. Although, again, as I've discussed, like some of you guys still think that's just the only issue that we have to deal with or one of, you know, a handful of issues that we have to do with, deal with. So, you know, it leads to why the Falcons didn't go after Bill Belichick. Right. And, you know, he was going to completely blow this whole thing up. And we've been talking about that a bunch for the last couple of weeks. And again, a lot of people, the cynical among us, and, you know, I know cynicism, guys, right, you know. I've been as cynical as anybody else, but I think a lot of cynical people are looking at this and saying, oh, they chose Rich McKay over Bill Belichick. And, you know, we played it up on the podcast. Certainly we, we love the idea of the Falcons, you know, you know, anybody but Belichick again, hashtag, but you know, we've seen Rich McKay get reassigned, you know, and it's funny to me that like, you know, people think that who Raheem Morris and, and Terry Fonta, now that they're reporting directly to Arthur Blank are meeting with him, you know, once a week, twice a week, three times a week, whatever, that's going to change the course of this franchise forever. And that's pretty silly when you spend more than two seconds thinking about it. But again, you know, scapegoats are scapegoats. So Rich McKay has got to be the scapegoat. And I joked with somebody in discord that like, if the Falcons are successful, then people will say, Hey, we got Rich McKay out the paint. That's why. And if the Falcons aren't successful, then they'll be like, oh, Rich McKay's still at fault because the last parting shot he did before his reassignment was to get this team to hire Raheem Morris instead of who insert, you know, other coach that you like. Right. But I don't think hiring Raheem Morris is about the politics. I don't think it's about guys being so focused on keeping their jobs. That's part of it, certainly. Right. It's human nature that you want to keep your job. But, you know, let's leave the McKay aspect of it. Let's talk about Terry Fontenot and how Terry Fontenot is now expected to collaborate with Raheem Morris. And, you know, look at it from Terry Fontenot's perspective. If you're Terry Fontenot, they're going to bring in Bill Belichick. He's going to blow, again, he's going to 
pull the pin on the grenade, toss it in the room and blow everything up you've done. And you're sitting there saying, look, you know, I've been part of the architect of this three-year rebuild. I want to continue this rebuild, not just simply because I want to continue getting these checks, but simply because I want to see it through because I think I'm doing a pretty good job, right? And so why would he purposely want to bring someone in that he knows is going to destroy his work? It would be no different than if the CEO of, of Locked On, the founder, David Locke called me up and said, Aaron, we're going to bring in a co-host. I'm going to bring in one of the original sports podcasters, Bill Simmons, the co-host, Locked On Falcons. And I'm sitting here going like, all right, Bill Simmons is going to do great for our numbers, but like he's going to steal the podcast from me. It's going to be like, it's like, it's going to start off Locked On Falcons with Aaron Freeman and Bill Simmons. And then a month later, it's going to be Locked On Falcons with Bill Simmons featuring Aaron Freeman. And then like six months later, it's going to be Locked On Falcons with Bill Simmons. Right. But David Locke, being a collaborative and open person, much like uh, Arthur Blank is, instead of just saying, hey, you got to work with Bill Simmons, he's going to say, hey, we're going to do a conference call. And let's talk about it. I, I have this idea for you to work with Bill Simmons. I like this idea, but let's talk about it. And you can give me your thoughts on it. And I'm going to sit there and, and on this conference call and say, yes, David, I know. Mr. Locke, I'm sorry. Respect. I know. <laughs> That you know, Bill Simmons is going to do numbers here, and I'm not taking shots at Bill Simmons. Just using as an example to illustrate my point, guys. Um, you know, but I've been doing this thing for a long time, and, and look, and I'm not solely responsible for this podcast. I, you know, I had a lot of help to get to where I am, but you know, I have my own style, I have my own voice. I'm proud of what I've done, and I want to continue building this thing. And so, I understand you want to bring in a co-host to help me out to collaborate with me. But let's bring in a co-host that may or may not have a different style, a different voice, so that we can have that contrasting style. But I want someone who has a shared vision. I don't want someone who's going to throw me out the door, who has a completely different vision for this podcast than I do. So David Locke, being much like Arthur Blank, open to suggestion and you know, very smart businessman, is you know, hopefully going to listen to that and, and say, yeah, we're not going to bring in Bill Simmons, but let's go out there and find someone that you are willing to work with that can you know, make both of us happy. You get the co-host, I get the numbers up and, you know, you feel like it's no, it's not just your baby. It's our baby, that sort of thing. So I, you know, I present that as an analogy for how this situation really went down. Sure. You know, you, you want to save your skin. You're like, sure. You know, David Locke says, you know, Hey, Aaron, we're thinking about bringing in someone new. Like, you know, I still want to get those checks. Right. You know, but it's not the only factor in why I might be anti Bill Simmons, you know, coming in and doing that because it's my baby. And I think many of you can think of it that from that way. But again, everybody's so cynical and it's like, you know, worried about Debo coming and taking your punk, you know, punking you for your bike or whatever. I get it. But, you know, I think some of y'all thinking it's purely politics here. I think you're being way too cynical and not thinking at it from a human perspective. Human beings are going to be human beings. Yes. They have vested interests and, in, you know, keep getting those checks. But at the same time, there's other things at play here. Right. Uh, so wanted to get that point across. Now that we've crossed the head coach off our list, the second biggest question of the offseason is going to be what happens at quarterback. And we'll also wrap up by talking about, you know, some potential coaches that might make up Raheem Morris's staff. And so we'll get into that to wrap up today's Locked on Falcons. Guys, prize picks is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports and basketball season is here and we only got a little bit of time if you want to be part of their specials league that combines projections from two different sports at least if you're looking to combine those football projections right you 
combine football, basketball, college basketball, different sports, different leagues, all that and more, right? You'll still have plenty of opportunities with college basketball, NBA, and NHL going on, but NFL, you know, getting close to the end. And if you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250. With prize picks, it's simple to play. Just pick two or more players, pick more or less than the projected stats, and the more entries you make, the more money you can make up to 25 times your money. It's what makes prize picks great. Because it's you versus the projections, not you versus any people. There's quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, an enormous selection of players and stat types. That's why PrizePix is number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepix.com slash locked on NFL and use code in lowercase locked on NFL for your first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepix.com slash locked on NFL. Use promo code locked on NFL. PrizePix is daily fantasy sports made easy. So wrapping up today's episode, I don't think this hire really gives us any insight into what the Falcons plans are at quarterback, right? I've said from the jump, you know, that I think plan A would be to try to trade up in the draft. And certainly you like the idea of Raheem Morris coming from LA and, and that sort of mentality, knowing the value of potential trading up for, for players. But, you know, generally the, the Rams were trading for veteran players. So, you know, maybe that's Justin Fields. Who knows? So, you know, we got a long way to go. Um, as I've said, trading up to one or two, I think is probably very unlikely three or four seems a lot more doable, but we'll see what happens. You know, I think the Falcons could sign a veteran as well. I think that's the expectation between now and the draft, you know, do they look at Baker Mayfield given his time in LA, you know, sounds like the bucks want to keep him, but who knows at this point? So we'll just have to wait and see. This will continue to be a big topic of conversation all off season long. So, you know, don't have any, you know, superb insights. Like this is what's going to happen now. It's like, we'll see now one potential option for the Falcons, at least in the draft, not necessarily maybe in round one, but later in the draft is Michael Penix jr. And I just did for the locked on Falcons insiders, a all 22 breakdown of his national championship performance against Michigan. Uh, and my sort of initial reaction was, Oh, Penix watching the TV copy Penix played poorly, but then rewatching the film, I was like, Hey, there's something intriguing here. So if you're interested in checking that out, become a locked on Falcons insider. You can hit the link in the description below at joinsubtextcom slash locked on Falcons. You get a 14 day free trial. And then after that is four 99 a month. And also you'll get access to all the extended all 22 reviews that we did during the season. And I'm sure we'll be breaking down more draft prospects. We'll probably be looking at some Raheem Morris things, etc. As this offseason unfolds. So go check it out if you haven't at joinsubtext.com slash lockdown falcons. Link in the description below. So, you know, what is Raheem Morris' staff going to look like? Well, we'll find out, I'm sure. Right. You know, I think the early favorite right now for his offensive coordinator is to be Zach Robinson, the Rams quarterbacks coach currently. He's never called plays before, but he's an up and comer, getting a lot of interviews for all the vacancies around the NFL at OC jobs. And so I think, you know, Atlanta would be as good an opportunity for him to see what he's got, right? To, to for him to go improve himself, right? Now, um, obviously, the big question mark with a defensive-minded, I guess you can call, coach or, you know, I don't think that's fair to pigeonhole Raheem Morris as that. But, you know, a guy that's basically not going to be the offensive coordinator along with being the head coach is, you know, what happens if the Falcons are successful and Robinson gets poached in the future? And I say, yeah, that that could be a challenge. But I think that's kind of a good problem to have because that usually means that you produce the top 10 caliber offense and probably the Falcons hit on their quarterback. So to me, you know, you see a similar situation with CJ Stroud and Bobby Sloak with the Texans. So while that may not be the ideal scenario, if, if Zach Robinson should depart in the future, you know, I don't think that's a terrible option. So we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Now, you know, I think you want to see Raheem Morris hire, you know, if he does go Zach Robinson as the OC, you want to see him potentially maybe as quarterback coach, someone that could be that up and comer, that, that heir apparent there, should that, 
scenario happen, you know, you would like to see that. You know, it'd be interesting to see if he goes after Thomas Brown, the former Panthers offensive coordinator. He worked together in LA. He's been interviewing around um, for OC jobs, but if he doesn't get them, maybe he rejoins Atlanta. And I say rejoin because you guys may not recall he's, he's a Georgia native and he was drafted by the Falcons back in 08. Uh, now, the play calling he had in Carolina this year didn't particularly go well, but maybe he needs just a little bit more seasoning and a year or two working with Zach Robinson and Raheem Morris might be uh, that sort of plan B, right, for the future. Now, we'll see what Raheem Morris does for defensive coordinator. Is he going to call plays? I don't know, right? We'd love to see Ajiro Evero come here, the Panthers defensive coordinator, who we also interviewed for our head coaching job. They work together both in L.A. and Tampa Bay. He's currently under contract with the Panthers, so they could block a lateral move, but you're just kind of Maybe we play the waiting game. Maybe Dave Canales brings in a different defensive coordinator and then Evero becomes free. So we'll see about that. Joe Barry is another name to throw out there, given he worked with Raheem Morris in both Tampa Bay or Joe Barry, I think, worked in L.A. before Raheem Morris got there because then he was a Packers. Um, but, you know, they have that same coaching tree. Just got fired as a Packers D.C. You know, wouldn't be thrilled with him as the D.C. here if, um, if Morris goes in that direction, but certainly a guy that could be a linebackers coach or something like that and on the staff. There's a report that they've reached out the Cowboys defensive line coach Aiden Durday to interview him for a role here. You know, he was part of that DQ staff here uh, towards the end uh, in Atlanta and now in Dallas. You know, I'm, I'm curious if we'll see more familiar faces from the Dan Quinn staff returning to Atlanta, right? You wonder if, if there's going to be any holdovers from the Arthur Smith staff, right? I mentioned before how if you look at the last three coaching changes, on average, 3.7, round up to four coaches were retained by the new coach so you know keep an eye on Lance Shelters who played with Raheem Morris at Hofstra has been part of the Falcon staff and the Ram staff you know so just a couple of names to throw out there we'll see what happens with that but obviously we'll probably get a presser Monday from uh Raheem Morris or maybe early, later this weekend and we'll have more thoughts on this but guys continue to make us your first listen uh, I think we'll do another episode tomorrow. I didn't get to the offensive line preview, so we might talk a little bit more about some of the senior bowl quarterbacks, like a mini senior bowl preview uh, tomorrow as we you know, do our positional review of the offensive line. So that's all in store. Continue to make Lockdown Falcons your first listen. It's all part of Lockdown Podcast Network. Check out Lockdown Sports Today, Lockdown Sports Atlanta's 24-7 YouTube streaming channel. Lockdown, Sport, Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.